T plus one month, T minus 10 seconds. I don't even know what's happening anymore. All right, I'm hitting go. Hello, and welcome to episode number 68 of Future Chat from Unwind Media. We've been gone for about a month on holiday, but now we're back. Every week on this show, we aim to discuss all of the week's most interesting science and tech news. Thank you very much for taking time out of your week to spend uh, some time learning about science and tech with us. This week, we're not sponsored by Audible.com. This week, we have a brand new sponsor and one which will probably only sponsor us for one week. But uh, some of our friends, friends of the show, uh, Sons of Pluto, are doing a t-shirt campaign uh, with Teespring.com. They are selling t-shirts that have their Sons of Pluto logo on it. Uh, they're trying to make an EP this fall, and uh, I thought I could help them out by sponsoring or by having them sponsor this show. And so if, you, uh, if you're a fan of music, go check out Sons of Pluto uh, at sonsofpluto.com. And uh, you can go to teespring.com slash SOP5. Uh, I'm not sure why they went with five, but, uh, but there you go. Uh, if you're watching the video feed, and I'll... I'll definitely put a link to this, but I'm I'm actually wearing a Sons of Pluto shirt right Ooh. now. So you can see um it's well worth it's well worth the price they're asking. It's a very handsome shirt. <laughs> Props yeah, to the, the t shirt designer. Especially <laughs> the way that it's transparent against the, the color of the shirt. The, you know what? This one is actually part of an earlier the the run they did uh from a different company that's not Teespring. Uh, last fall, and this one is actually black on white. Oh, this really? Is the, this is sorry, black on black. The, yeah. So the the Sons of Pluto T-shirt originally, when it was first put up, had was it? It was a black logo, right? Like the the background was black, yeah, and then there was yeah. white writing on it. Yeah. So this one is transparent, but it's not as good as the future one is going to be because this one also has the black outline printed on it. So there's black printed on black. And then inside the black, there's white. If you look oh, really okay. closely, you can see it. But no. So the new, uh, the new shirts will be even better than this one, and this nice. one is already excellent. So thanks, uh, thanks to Sons of Pluto for sponsoring the show, and go to teespring.com/sop5 to check out their shirts. They have uh, men's and women's, uh, I guess, fit it fits you would say. But uh, yeah, definitely go check it out and support their support local Ottawa music if you're in Ottawa and support far away from your music if you're not in Ottawa because they're awesome and they're making an EP this fall. So, yeah. And they will be going on tour at a date to <laughs> they, be announced. They've technically already kind of gone on tour, but it was like a one-show tour. It's not this far uh, west. They, no. <laughs> Damien has informed me that they will be coming west. If they sell a thousand shirts on this campaign, <laughs> I will make them go on a nationwide tour. Okay. So help us out. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's get them through a thousand. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Mike, I guess we should, before we get too far into the show, we should clear up a little bit about what we're going to do this week. We've been gone for a month on vacation. Um, I'm still technically on vacation because I had, I, I've not, not been working the last almost three weeks. I worked one day the last three weeks. And uh, so we wanted to do one hour. We're going to try to keep this as short as possible. You have, I believe, a dentist appointment. Is that is that the case? Well, Maria has one first. I have one later, so okay, okay. I've, I've got a bit of more flexibility. <laughs> uh, but regardless, uh, we are going to keep this a little short. So what we're going to try to do is catch people up on what we've been up to, uh, and then talk a little bit about the things that we've missed 
and then a couple of the newer things that have come out in the last week or so. And uh, so the first piece of news that I don't even think had been properly addressed yet when we ended uh, is that we're short one senior contributor this week. We are. And I thought we should explain no more bear attacks this year. (laughs) No, no. The bears have actually been pretty good this summer. Yeah. 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 They haven't been, haven't been as bad as years past. So we can be grateful for that, but there have been other circumstances that have come up. Uh, Nick's actually been recruited politically. So he's, uh, he's propagating an agenda right now. And so I guess come October, I guess ideally it may date die down unless he gets continues. Unless he gets picked up. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be good for him. So (laughs) fingers crossed, but it hurts the show a little bit, but we're willing to take the hit now and then. Yeah. That, that early August writ drop really, really put a damper on his ability to podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so that's, that's where Nick is going to be. He said he might be able to join us occasionally, but it would be last minute and he could be called away at any moment because he said he's basically on call. Uh, the political machine does not sleep. No. And neither does he now. (laughs) (laughs) Even less so than he did before. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Mike, now I wanted to take just a few minutes, hopefully, but possibly much longer to, to talk about what you and I have been up to, what's been going on in our life of science and tech in the last month. It was, I think it was almost exactly a month since we last did this. So there's probably a lot. I think it was the 19th. It's probably about five weeks. Oh, yeah. Between four and five weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, why don't we start with you? What have you, what have you been up to in the last month? Uh, well, I've been working. I've been watching oil price drop <laughs> consistently, uh, which in, in my business isn't ideal, but you know, no. we're, we're hanging in there, but so I've been keeping busy with, with work and stuff, but from the, from the tech, from the tech side of things, uh, there's actually been a couple changes that, that might be worth mentioning. I know we've, I can't remember if on the show we've advertised explicitly the Slack team we have. I know we've talked about Slack we've before. Yeah. And so we do have an unwind media Slack team and we've actually seen that grow. It's up. I'd say it's almost doubled in size since if, if not more in the past yeah. month, if not more. So, which is really good to see. And people are, people are using it. So they're getting on the Slack, the Slack wagon. So, to speak. <laughs> so I guess on that note, if you're a listener of the show and you'd like to participate in some of the science and tech discussions we have on there, then drop us a note and we'll, we'll get you added on there. Cause I don't know, the more, the merrier I say. Yeah. Uh, well, I should note the more, the merrier, but we are only looking for uh handsome or uh beautiful, intelligent, um, well-rounded people we're only really looking for the best of the best so don't don't even send us a line unless you are that uh and i think but i think you know who you are people also people <laughs> named mike people named mike are always yeah. welcome so <laughs> mike okay. is looking to take over only with people <laughs> with his name <laughs> well see in, in my toastmasters group there's four mics so it's it's only natural okay. that in, in every kind of circle i'm a part of you have as many mics as you can until <laughs> you reach critical mike and then it's just <laughs> Mics everywhere. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So there's a Slack team. Uh, what? How about you, Rob? Maybe tell us something that you've been up to this past month. Well, so I've had quite a bit of. I mean, for the last two weeks, I've been in Hawaii. I got back late Thursday night, early Friday morning. This is now Saturday, uh, and I did not take 
a laptop. This is the first major vacation I've been on since I got a laptop in 2006 that I have not had one with me or at least somewhere nearby. And uh, so I had my tablet, which is now three or four years old and not great. So basically most of the actual stuff I did um, on the internet was on my phone. And that was weird because in addition to only having my phone, I was in Hawaii and I did not, for two weeks, staying on a resort that has Wi-Fi, I didn't really think it was worth it to get a SIM card or like to go through the hassle of signing up for a data plan in the U.S. So basically I was in airplane mode the entire time looking for Wi-Fi hotspots and that was also <laughs> very strange, but uh, I made it home. So obviously uh, I can survive without <laughs> without data, but I'm really glad to have it back. So, so Rob, tell me, how did it feel to live two weeks in Amon's shoes? Uh, it felt terrible most of the time because... I mean, okay, so there's there's two ways you can go about having no data. If you are in a place with bad connectivity, it's really, really frustrating because, or like either no, low connectivity or like spotty Wi-Fi networks where you try to connect something and it doesn't work that great. And so you're sitting there for 10 or 15 minutes just trying to get it to work. That's really, really, really frustrating. But the situation that I had was a little different than that in that it was it was all or nothing. Either I was on the resort and there was actually surprisingly good mm. internet, or there was just nothing. And so that was okay because I could, for the most part, just accept that there was nothing and not have to right. look. Uh, so in that in that case, it was fine, and I'm sure that's what Amon feels like most of the time. But uh, w- one of the things we actually I didn't even put in here that we should address is that. Uh, if you want to get on a fairly cheap plan that has fairly robust data, and I told them on this, you should sign up for one of Mobilicity's plans. They have a specific back-to-school plan for, I think, $40 for unlimited everything. Uh, it's one of those plans where they give you unlimited data, and they say after, I think, six gigs, it'll go, throttle down to edge speeds, I guess, or yeah. like s- slower speeds. Um, but that you should definitely do. I, I told him on about this $40 plan. He's like, that's twice as much as I'm paying now for literally <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so yeah. Um, because Mobilicity was bought by Rogers, uh, or at least, yeah, they're, they were and all their spectrum was taken over. So they'll be slowly transitioning that over. And they've, Rogers have said that they're going to grandfather all Mobilicity plans, more or less keeping them exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, obviously you're going to get a bit more robust networks, but for the time being, um, Mobilicity is only only really works in uh, without roaming, anyways, in major city centers. And Rogers have said that they're going to honor that, uh, so they're not going to bump you up at the moment to the nationwide network. They're going to keep you just on the cities, which is a little ridiculous. But then again, forty dollars unlimited. Um, I guess that's all you can really ask for. Yeah. What kind of speeds were you getting on the hotel Wi-Fi? I didn't even have to check. It just wasn't, it wasn't noticeable enough to be like... It wasn't like, an issue, no. Oh, good. I was able to stream video. Like the, Yeah, I was expecting... Every time you go on a trip like this, you get to reassess, reevaluate how sort of enterprise networking works. And this time I had no issue with it. So I guess, I guess we're okay. But again, I was on a very old iPad and my phone... It probably needs less bandwidth than I would think. Even if I was streaming an HD video on a phone, it doesn't need to be huge 
Yeah. So you wouldn't really notice like a low quality video or something. That's really the only thing that would push the bandwidth. Yeah. It's weird. Every time I walk into a coffee shop or anywhere that says, oh, free Wi-Fi, I'm like, why would you need free Wi-Fi? Like, who who uses Wi-Fi when they're out of the house? That's just weird. And I'm like, oh, because people don't have unlimited data. Okay. Yeah. There are people who are literally and figuratively tethered to those Wi-Fi networks, even if they do have a data plan because it's not unlimited. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So what's next with you? Uh, okay. So for those who don't know, Rob is now married. You should be married because Ooh. we talked about it. Um, <laughs> so I went to Ottawa for Rob's wedding. And while I was there, you know, I was traveling and I brought my phone. I don't, I'm not used to taking like a laptop or a tablet or anything. So just having my phone with me is just kind of normal for me. And I'm on a grandfathered city FIDO plan. So I had to make sure that, you know, I was covered you know, roaming wise. And they said, yep, you know, as long as you stick to data, then you're covered minutes and stuff is its own thing. But Mm. they actually, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the show. I think I mentioned it to at least you, Rob, that they tried to sell me a Canadian long distance plan. (laughs) But I I kept saying like, so I'm covered for data, right? Like, oh yeah. I'm like, well, I'm only going to be using, you know, voice over LTE calling. So it should be fine. Like through the hangout styler. Yeah. And they're like, well, maybe you should get Canadian long distance just to be safe. Like, no, I'm okay. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> I was able to manage with, with, uh, with just that. And either way I was able to just kind of get around with tech, like uh hangless message or Facebook message or, or that kind of thing. And of course, Google maps worked perfectly and I was able to navigate around Ottawa. No, no right. problem with that. So, so that was good. And I also picked up one of these gorilla pod tripod things. And Robbie you've told me about both them before. And I thought they were kind of a handy little thing. So I picked one of those up too. Yeah, there you go. There's there's one holding the camera that I'm using right now. And I have this <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and, you know, I used this this morning for a Periscope session that no one chose to watch. Uh, one person well, it, chose to it's watch. It's 8 a.m. It's it 8 a.m. where you are. We'll, we'll go with that. it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, tech-wise, you know, I was able to work with my phone while, while abroad without any hiccups and picked up a, a nice little tripod while I'm at it, too, that holds onto my phone. And uh, I guess another piece of semi-follow-up or slash no changes, the smartwatch market is still kind of (laughs) trickling in with the second gens. Uh, We've seen hints or leaks of a second gen Moto 360. Uh, Asus, obviously, a while ago, like, announced their Zen Watch 2. And uh, we're still kind of holding off, like, holding out for the actual release of the second gen smartwatches. Samsung's supposed to release their second gen gear smartwatch in the next two weeks, I think mm-hmm. at IFA. And uh, so we'll see if anyone else follows suit with that as well. But Samsung's supposed to release a round smartwatch. So that'll be exciting. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for, yeah, for those of, for those keeping score following along, I have not bought a smartwatch yet and we'll see how the second gens look. And if it kind of tips me, one way nice. or another. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have also not got a smartwatch. Both my wrists remain unadorned, even though I am um, married now. There's no more wedding costs to pay. I'm working on the the convincing of my now wife to get uh, the Apple Watch. 
she remains convinced that at Christmas I will still want the first generation one, even though then the second generation one will, <laughs> will, will be somewhat imminent, at least in its announcement. Um, I remain unconvinced of that fact. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm keeping a little envelope of cash stashed in my house and uh, hoping that I can... <laughs> she, she knows about it. I'm keeping, it. I'm keeping adding to it so I can be like, look, I have several thousand dollars. Can I put like 20% of that towards... <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it'd be really cool to try one. And that's the thing I'm mostly working on now is like, let me try it for two weeks. How about that? That doesn't cost anything. Uh, I'm on Windows 10. This is the first time I've actually officially podcasted from the like entirely on Windows 10. You'll remember when the beta first came out, I had my computer on Windows 10 running Hangouts and Chrome and all that on the Insider program. But the actual recording, because I didn't trust Windows to do that and I wasn't going to install the entire Adobe suite on my uh, Windows 10 installation. Uh, I was just using my laptop to actually record, but this is my first podcast fully in the Windows 10 environment. And uh, as I've mentioned several times now, it's basically like 8.1. It's not different enough to really even... The casual observer, if they were on Windows 8.1 and are now on Windows 10, unless they sat through the entire installation process watching it, you probably wouldn't even be... You'd be like, oh, there's a couple new features. Did, did this get a small update or something? <laughs> So everyone who's saying Windows 8 and 8.1 are terrible uh, and Windows 10 is great again, I mean, <laughs> come on, it's the same. <laughs> I, I even set it up, this is mostly to troll people, uh, if they ask me about it, uh, I set up my start screen to take up the entire screen like it did in 8.1, whereas now the default start menu is back to sort of coming up from the left corner of the screen. So... Uh, I've made it basically look exactly like Windows 8.1. That was the biggest change that, that came up, and I just moved it back to the way it was. Uh, I wanted to talk briefly about my experience since June 30th or so uh, with Apple Music. I've, I think I mentioned that, like, we've, we've obviously talked since, uh, since it was out, but I've used it quite a bit in the last month. And uh, there was that news piece that came out probably in the last week saying that something like half of people had stopped using the free trial about a month, six weeks in, according to this, uh, I guess, survey done by some company on the internet. And uh, there, there are all kinds of these companies and they release surveys all the time. And then immediately there were other pieces that came out that said Apple's commenting and saying that this is ridiculous and like something like 90% of people uh, who started the trial are still going strong and everyone really likes it. So basically, story of the day is there's this free thing right now that's free for three months and it's really meaningless who is still using it until the three months is over and people have to either start paying or not get it anymore. And halfway through the trial or so right now, I remain convinced uh, I'm probably going to sign up for this when when the trial ends. Because I went to a cottage for a weekend, for a four-day weekend. Uh, I downloaded a bunch of music for the plane uh, to Hawaii and back. And basically, anytime I'm, I'm sitting around, I can just open music, like refresh the, the For You feed, a bunch of new playlists and albums come up that sort of remind me of music that I like. And uh, it's proven 
extremely beneficial. I always have something new to listen to and I don't really have to think too hard about it. So I found that kind of extremely valuable as a person who it's caused me to, and people have said this before on many other uh, podcasts I listen to, but it's made me start listening to music on a more regular basis again. I kind of stopped when I really got into podcasts because that's sort of the audio fixation. But uh, yeah, I have really liked it so far and I'm probably going to stick with it. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty good at knowing what kind of music I like. It like it's slowly learning what kind of albums it should suggest. And there's basically, I'm looking right now and there's the furthest thing that I would probably want to listen to. There's a Ghostface Killer album that, that it's suggesting that I probably wouldn't ever listen to. But uh, out of the six album suggestions, I'd probably listen to, to five of them. Cool. Not, and I haven't. I've only listened to maybe one of them or a song from one of them in the last two weeks. So it, it's getting to know me. So is this similar to the way Genius works where it will analyze your existing library and make playlists and suggestions based on it? Or is it it purely just streaming and learning based on what you stream? I think it's mostly or all streaming. Okay. So have you tried other services like Spotify or or RDO or any of those? I've tried them. RDO, I tried for a while until it, my free trial or whatever it was ended. Uh, and you tried Spotify. play music when they had it for free trial too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Spotify, I didn't, Spotify, remind me if I'm wrong, but that's, you can pick a person or an album or something to listen to, but if it's free, you can't actually go like, I want to hear this song. So play this song for me. Right. Unless you I, pay for it. I haven't actually used Spotify. I only know it as a streaming service that people use. Yeah. That that was my experience. It it was more like a sort of radio type thing oh, okay. where you could, like, if I wanted to listen to, obviously Taylor Swift isn't there, so that's a bad example. But if I wanted to listen to, say, Radiohead, I wanted to listen to an album by them. If I click Radiohead, it'll start playing stuff that either is or sounds like Radiohead, but I can't go right. to an album and play that album oh, okay. unless I want, unless I, unless I'm paying for the premium right. version. Okay. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a while since I tried that but that was my experience and i it wasn't for me and i've tried like itunes radio is the same way i have a u.s itunes account so for like sometimes i'll switch over to it and see what itunes radio was like in the last year or the last 18 months or whatever it was and uh same experience like if i want to listen to something normally unless i'm unless i'm giving myself over to radio and just sort of letting it take me if i want to listen to an actual actual album or an actual song i want to be able to look up that song and play it i don't want to have to like if i want to listen to beyonce i don't want to just listen to quote unquote beyonce radio i want to actually listen to the the thing i want to listen to so yeah uh so that uh, one more thing that i just wanted to bring up as as follow-up uh i bought more soylent yesterday I had the, I had this quote, again, quote unquote, seven day supply, uh, that I bought at the end of June, the very, very end of June. And basically what I've ended up using it for is I don't take any lunch to work. I take, I just have a bag of Soylent at, at work and I use one serving of it, about one and a half scoops for lunch. Uh, 
and that's basically all I've all I use that seven day supply for. So it's twenty eight meals or approximately, and it lasted me about a month. I still have a tiny bit of it left, just enough to get me through next week. And uh, so I really like it. I'm I'm sold on it at least as a lunch replacement, and I'm really hoping that uh, <laughs> we'll we'll get to a bit later in the show. Uh, actually, no, I, I guess it's right at the end of the follow-up. We'll get to some of the controversy that Soylent has come up against in the last week, but, uh, I'm sold on it and I'm going to, I'm going to keep going, um, <laughs> lawsuits in California, notwithstanding. <laughs> uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to, that has come up in the last month? I guess regarding Soylent, have they come out with any more revisions or updates? Uh, I can't tell if you're foreshadowing me, but thank you if you are, and <laughs> way to be prescient if you're not. <laughs> uh, they did actually release a version 2.0. Okay. Uh, although it's going to run concurrently with 1.5, which is their current uh, powder formulation. Did you hear about the liquid? No, I didn't. I'm, I'm legitimately asking. Okay. <laughs> worked out. <laughs> uh, yeah, they released version 2.0. I got an email about it right as I was leaving about two weeks ago. Uh, although I might've heard about it earlier. Anyways, the timeline is all foggy. I've been on vacation, as I mentioned. Um, so Soylent 2.0 ships in bottles. It's pre-mixed with uh, liquid. Mm. It's a little bit different, but they're trying to keep to the, the idea of, you know, total meal replacement. There are a lot of people who couldn't, uh, couldn't mix every day or didn't want to, or didn't want to mix this entire bottle. Um, so they come in 400 kilocalories. This is just going from memory. I, I, I love Soylent. Like I really like the idea. And so I, I did a bunch of research on it. Uh, they come in 400 calorie approximately bottles so that it's one fifth of your daily requirement. And, uh, but so the nice thing about this is I think they said it's shelf stable for up to a year mm. as opposed to the, I mean, the in powder form, the other Soylent lasts approximately a year as well. But once you mix it with, water it's 24 to 48 hours you should get rid of it and it needs to be kept in the fridge so this one is extremely stable uh it doesn't need to be refrigerated i guess probably when you open it you should refrigerate it but right. it can be just shipped um they were saying that one of the things that they wanted to avoid in making the original soylent one of the reasons they didn't pursue that avenue in the first place is that shipping water around is <laughs> kind of a huge waste but people wanted it, and so they're going to give that option. Okay. As I said, they're going to keep running the, the version 1.5 as well, the powder. And that's what I ordered. Yeah. It sounds like they're trying to compete or at least match what other companies like Boost offers. Right. With their easy grab, you know, grab a shake and have it after your workout type thing that you don't have yeah. to mix, right? So yeah. I guess, yeah, they're, they're trying to meet customer requests, I'd imagine. Right. and. Hopefully, like, I know I've tried Boost in the past and it was super oily, I found. So okay. hopefully this one wouldn't have that same kind of oily aftertaste right. that drinks like Boost have. Just, I'm guessing because Boost is made with more of like an oil-based liquid versus right. just strictly water to give it that shelf stability. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see how this one goes and how reviews are. Because is there an easy way to look at the revision reviews from customers for Soylent? Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. So I guess as long as people can give feedback, then yeah, they're they're very good with feedback. Yeah, I found at least. It's good. Uh, but so yeah, I'll I'll keep people updated. Obviously, as the second round goes, I'm I'm still if I could get the formulation without any sucralose, I would do that. But for the time being, for lunches, I'm willing to take that hit. Um, I guess we'll move on from in the last month and transition smoothly into the Soylent news from last week. Uh, and honestly, this is sometimes we we get these stories and we look at them and we go, we sort of go along with the the sensationalism. But I just want to stop this sensational article immediately in its tracks. Um. So there's there's a controversy. There's a lawsuit that's been filed in California. Um, there's this nonprofit organization called As You Sow, which I guess is a, I guess they're a sort of environmental watchdog agency. Um, I guess charging or or alleging that Soylent has levels of cadmium and lead that are too high for California state regulations. And they're not uh, providing sufficient labeling to to customers uh, regarding that fact. Um, they have California has uh, a law called Proposition sixty five that require that sets limits on the amount of lead and cadmium, among other things, that you can have in uh, food products. And they don't actually make it illegal to um, have levels above that of lead or cadmium levels above those found in Soylent. Uh, it's just that you have to let people know if the limits are higher and it doesn't, it doesn't actually mean that the levels are called uh, safe Harbor levels, which basically means that it's hard to explain, but basically at the, at that safe Harbor level, it has never been found to cause any harm. It's not to say that above that level it does cause harm, just that below it it definitely doesn't, or at least it hasn't in any case so far. And so they're ridiculously low levels. Um, <clears throat> now, obviously, there are organizations like the FDA, the Food Drug Administration, uh, the World Health Organization, that also set limits on cadmium and lead, and they are much, much higher than this, and Soylent obviously falls within those guidelines easily. Uh, this is just a problem in California and this thing is just set in California. And the issue that they have is that it's not labeled properly. They, this organization wants better labeling. And <laughs> I know because I went yesterday to order more Soylent, uh, I had never actually looked at this before, but looking at it now, uh, when you go to Soylent.com slash checkout and uh, after having placed your order, um, right underneath the purchase Soylent button, uh, it shows you where they ship. Uh, and there's a little line right after the purchase button that says, California residents, please cl click here for Proposition 65 information, uh, where it goes into great detail about the proposition and um, provides a warning and tells you how much stuff there is. Comparing it to other foods, there's all this information um, showing that it's safe and you eat all these other foods that have more. So, uh, 
yeah, I, I, this just seems like it isn't a thing and it doesn't scare me at all. Basically, I think what this environmental group wants to do, they don't actually want to sue them, although I'm sure they'd be happy to take some money or I don't even know how lawsuits would work if, if a nonprofit sues a company. But I think what they want is to have better labeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, I think what Soylent is going to try to do or, or is trying to do is to say, this is ridiculous. This The fact that we need to label this. No food company wants to put information on their packaging saying, oh yeah, our levels of cadmium and lead are <laughs> above any amount of level. You want you don't want to have to mention Right. Um, like all kinds of food has lead and cadmium in it. It's just very low concentrations as is this. But, uh, yeah, a food company doesn't want to put that on their label. And so they've, they've sort of, I guess you could say they've kind of skirted regulations by just putting the, the label up, uh, on their website, but they don't have any storefronts. So they have no obligation to put any more information than that. But that's the kind of thing that this, uh, organization is trying to get them to do is to more clearly label, what the amounts are so people can make their own decisions. But as I mentioned, there are things like the FDA, the the group that's in charge of regulating food that has been fine. That's fine with the level of uh, lead and cadmium in this, in Soylent. And so I'm not worried in the slightest about this. Yeah. I don't know. Food and food and drug regulation is this really weird, stupid thing that is so tied up in legalities and, just trying to find that line between informing the public and not only telling people what they need to know kind of Mm -hmm. like I can see, I can see both sides of it. Like I, I agree that there should be transparent packaging to say, you know, if the law requires them to do that, then then they should. But yeah, like, you know, if you say, oh, this food has, you know, exceeds the guidelines as set by Proposition 65 for lead and cadmium content, it's like, oh, I don't want to eat that, right? But yeah, it's like, well, that apple you're eating, just, I don't know what <laughs> apples actually do, but you can say, well, the apple you're eating has, you know, just as much lead, right? But it's like, even saying that, yeah, that's one thing. It's like, oh, then it's not bad. But then it's like, well, should I be eating that apple? Yeah, like you know what I mean. It's one thing to say, well, these other foods have just as much, but does that make it good? Like I don't know enough about it to <laughs> yeah. say. I guess yeah, you you trust the FDA in the guidelines they set, and if it's at least meeting those, then anything in excess of those guidelines are kind of yeah, it'd be good if it what met those different guidelines. But as long as it's kind of meeting the FDA, then you then you're clear. But I guess then you rely on the FDA to revise their guidelines if if needed. Yeah. And, and I don't know the backstory with this proposition in California or the FDA's guidelines to know where either comes from and why they're different. I'd have to yeah. look. I have looked more about on my own end to to have any sort of opinion one way or the other. But it's. I'd like to think that if there was a danger to health, then the FDA would step in and and make that recommendation on their end. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they they compare, they have, in this information, they have a bunch of, um, like I mentioned, the comparisons between normal, like other foods you'd find in, in a supermarket and Soylent. It's really, it's just the version 1.5, the powder that has these 
levels that are too high, I believe. But basically, another uh, chemical they're looking at is arsenic. These are measurements in micrograms per serving. And fish especially apparently seems to have very high con- higher concentrations mm-hmm. of things like cadmium and lead, uh, as well as arsenic. And <laughs> you mentioned the example of apples. Uh, it's a pretty well-known fact that apples mostly contained in the seeds but have a ton of arsenic in them. Yeah. Like... Apple seeds are pretty poisonous to anybody who eats them. If you chew open the seed, I think if you just swallow a seed whole, it'll just pass through you. But, uh, yeah. You'd probably have to eat quite a bit, like quite a bit uh, of apple seed. To You'd have to eat a few apples worth, probably. Yeah, you'd need, like, an apple seed pill probably to have <laughs> yeah. any effect. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, don't, don't do that if you're thinking about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm, don't, I would say don't worry about this. Obviously, if new things come to light, um, be aware of it. But in terms of these concentrations, they're not too high. I think this, this group just wants better labeling because that's their, yeah. their goal. Is Which I can appreciate properly. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In an ideal world, what we would have, and this would be just be ideal for mega nerds, um, it'd be really cool to have all your food just list every ingredient that is like every not every ingredient but every chemical right. in it by mass um just so you can like see a, like, like oh. a spec spectrometer exactly. it's like <laughs> yeah this is 10 percent hydrogen eight percent carbon <laughs> yeah that'd be amazing that'd be like your nutrition information <laughs> yeah but it would be it would be terrifying too and it would also like if you you'd have to have dual labeling, you'd have to have it by element, and you'd also have to have it by compound because yeah, there are things like formaldehyde that if you just had the element breakdown, you'd be like, well, "That's nothing." So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, chemistry is hard and chemistry is weird, yeah. but uh, in this case, don't worry about it. Basically, so I guess we'll move to the the real show. How much time do we have? That that took a long time. That took almost the whole hour. No, um, we started at like 10 after. Oh, I know. We're two-thirds of the way through that hour. Yeah. Uh, so Google did a lot of things while we were gone. <laughs> uh, do you want to introduce maybe some of the bigger changes or at least the first big change? Sure. Um, so unless you've been living under a technological rock the past <laughs> couple weeks, you may have heard that. Google changed its name. Which, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. Shocking. Why would they do such a thing? That's outrageous. Everyone knows who Google is. Why would the they change company. their name? But, <laughs> okay. First of all, they didn't change their name. They created a new company that Google now lies underneath. Mm-hmm. So this new company, Google is a subsidiary of this new company. Yeah. So what was formerly known as Google owning you know nest and um you know there's their a, smart cars and yeah what's that there's a bunch of companies yeah a bunch of companies uh, and a bunch of projects basically yeah. right so google used to be just yeah that's a google thing that's a google thing that's a google thing now they've created this new company called alphabet that google being the search engine uh youtube and chrome adwords Android. Chrome probably yeah. now lie under. And I think Android 
isn't under Google anymore. I think Android still is because Sundar Maybe. Pichai is okay, I, heading it. I guess. Okay, fine. So, okay, so Android, the search engine, AdWords, YouTube, um, and Chrome are all under Google. But then things like Nest are now a subsidiary of Alphabet, not Google. Yep. So now, and the whole idea of this, some people say it's a tax evasion thing. Well, not tax evasion, but just to yeah. re- reorganize a tax structure, which I don't disagree with. That probably is an element of it. <laughs> but the party line now is that it's just to reorganize and allow each each now individual company to have its own CEO mm-hmm. to directly manage and oversee the operations versus um, I want to say Larry Page. Larry Page, Sergey yeah. Brin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, instead of them being basically the kings of everything and trying to split their attention to to each project. So yeah. now each, like, I'm, I'd imagine each project had its own, you know, project manager team and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, but now each company is going to run as its own company with its own CEO. And I guess in their, in, you know, Sergey Brin and Larry Page's mind, it, it will help them function better. Right. Um, but, oh man. That that week it happened was literally <laughs> one of the most painful I've I've had in a while yeah. because l- every headline except towards the tail end when people started trying to be more accurate with the headlines, every single one was like Google changes its name, Google now Alphabet. It's like, well, yeah, but no, no. like, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. that's that's that. So that was that was kind of a cool development, and I guess. It was non-news, but it was big news. Like it was just like, oh yeah, by the way, there's this new company, and it was like, whoa, what do you, what do you mean? And like, what does this mean for Google and yeah. these projects? But I don't know. I guess it's it's good. It's good to see them trying to be more efficient with their operation. What, what, right. What's your take on the whole thing, Rob? So the thing that I found most interesting when I first read this news, and again, I was on my honeymoon when it came out. So I only read a lot about it, but at night, uh, <laughs> is that this had been talked about internally, like it was already considered to have happened internally. And we, we saw that in, I mean, on this show, we talked about it all the time without knowing it. Uh, we did a whole episode on Google Why. Uh, I'll put a link to it, but I think it was 24, if I'm not mistaken, Some, somewhere in the, early, in the low 20s. We did a whole episode about all these things that Google's doing that don't like their their moonshots, their big ideas, and those are basically all things that are now not a part of Google. They're now a part of Alphabet. And as as somebody who is working in government, I get this entirely. When you have a big organization, it has to move slowly externally, even though internally it might be moving really quickly. So. When Google bought Nest, everyone was like, why aren't they incorporating Nest into Google? And it's because this stuff was already being planned. They knew they weren't going to incorporate them because they were going to spin them out. And so now Nest is under a subsidiary of Alphabet and it's not a part of Google at all. Um, so they said for the last four years or so, this has been in the planning. And so putting Sundar Pinchai uh, in, as the head of Android and Chrome last year was basically just a precursor to this and now he's just the ceo of google because uh because that's just he already was doing those jobs he just didn't have the title because they hadn't officially made this change yet and i'll, I'll let you make a point but i just want to say one more thing uh relating to government slowness um 
I have literally experienced this exact same thing that Alphabet's trying to do. Uh, NSERC is I'm, my job. I'm working basically for the corporate side of NSERC, our Natural Science and Engineering Research Council. And so basically my team is in charge of delineating what projects fall under what umbrella at NSERC. And this past year, we've been trying to do a huge reorganization that needs sort of to, to actually become finalized and so that we can report that way. We need basically a government rubber stamp. And this year, because there's an election, they declined to give that rubber stamp. So for the next year or so at least, we're basically operating under this new system, but formally, officially, we're operating under an old system. And so it's like internally we're we're moving really quickly, but the bureaucracy of it has yet to keep up. And so this is kind of the same thing Google's experiencing. They're just, this is just bringing what was always happening all along into the public limelight. Yeah. And that that's kind of what it sounds like. You know, I mentioned about the project managers, they probably still, their jobs probably aren't changing. No, not at They're all. Just change in title and possibly a pay raise because they're CEOs now. But yeah, let's you know, yeah, for the sake of sake of argument, there's probably nothing really changing over at Google slash Alphabet. It's just yeah. publicly they've announced or released what their their structure is. And I want to make one more point about how I guess another I don't want to say conspiracy theory, but just another idea behind why they this change might have been brought upon was just for the uh anti competition mm, laws. Yeah. And saying, okay, well now it's not Google that owns everything. It's this subsidiary or this parent company called Alphabet yeah. that has all these little companies. So now it's like, oh well that's better. It's not one company doing everything. <laughs> so that's kind of another aspect of it. It's like, well, it doesn't hurt them in that way. It's yeah. even if it wasn't the intention is probably like, well, at least, you know, now it's not Google owns everything. So right. the, on, on the note of conspiracy theories, another funny one I heard that I don't like, it's obviously not true, but uh, people saying, oh, you know, Google's slogan is don't be evil. So alphabet can now fully be evil. And it's just the little Google part that won't be evil. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, there's a lot of sort of exclamations going around. I know, uh, even I, and I haven't heard any ramifications of this other than when it first came out. Um, but Google split its stock into two different kinds of stocks. Uh, it used to be called Goog. The G O O G was the stock ticker, and sometime last year they split into G O O G and G O O G L. They bit, they took their shares and basically I think they gave they gave you something like half in one, half in the other, and so. It'd be interesting to see because I've heard that Google will be changing their stock symbol to Alphabet, but it'll stay G-O-O-G or G-O-O-G-L. But it'd be interesting to see if one of those stocks stays as Google and one of them stays or changes to Alphabet. And I haven't heard anything about how that's going to happen, but right. yeah, the, the confused look on your face, go go check out G-O-O-G and right. G-O-O-G-L. Uh, one is a class A stock. I don't know what that means. And one is a class C stock, I believe. Um but they they trade very similarly, but not identically. Interesting. It's odd. I kind of remember the stock splitting thing. I don't remember there being two different names of it. I remember them talking about the splitting the stock. Yeah. But I just thought that was they were just splitting the shares into two, like the way that Apple's done in the past, where once the value yeah. got too high, mm -hmm. then they just doubled the stock so that each stock was half the price that it used to be 
but everyone just yeah. owned twice as many. Um, and then, yeah, that, and then as far as the alphabet change, they're saying, yeah, that's like, oh, it's now alphabet, but the stock symbol won't change. Right. It'll stay as G-O-G. Yeah. I think they're saying that the G-O-G one is, will be the alphabet yeah. stock symbol. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see if the G-O-G-L stays as Google. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens because I, I, I check every so often and nothing has changed yet. But okay. uh, like mm. it, doesn't say, it doesn't say the G-O-G is alphabet now. Okay. At least it didn't when I checked a couple days ago. So it's interesting to see how that plays out. I, I know nothing about the stock market at yeah. all. But uh, I'll be watching. <laughs> I'll be watching, trying to understand. Right. Uh, so what else happened with Google? There's so many uh, things. Yeah, well, we, we already touched on Sundar Pichai mm-hmm. being the CEO now. Okay, so, what yeah, I'll say kinda... now, uh, just change the lingo a little bit. What happened with Alphabet now? So you can move past the Google news onto other Alphabet news. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so so there's that aspect. And then... Okay, so there's one. Okay, so the other thing that we we hadn't heard about for a while, and then randomly out of nowhere, seemingly we we had an update on Project Ara. Yeah. That the one feature that everyone was aware of and most associated with Project Ara, with the modules being a modular phone, mm-hmm. they're changing the way the modules attach to the phone. Um, we had talked about how they're using the electro-permanent magnets to s- keep them held onto the phone. And then Project R's tweeter, tweeter, Twitter uh, <laughs> account tweeted out, you know, oh, we're no more. Actually, no, first they mentioned, okay, let's back up. First, the first <laughs> news we heard was that they were not trialing in Puerto Rico anymore. Yeah. So th- we had talked a while ago about how yeah they're going to start trialing in Puerto Rico for kind of real life tests and uh, that kind of thing, and then they tweet out saying, "Oh, no more Puerto Rico, we're rerouting." I was yeah. like, what, what does that mean? Is it not happening anymore? Is there a timeline? Everyone had questions, and none of them were really being answered. Um, I think there were a couple tweets that vaguely gave indications of <laughs> what was going on, but no one really still has any answers. Yeah. And then in the follow-up tweet was, "Oh, we're changing the mod- the way the modules attached to the phone because they, I guess, they joked." about it failing a drop test, which I don't think it's really a joke. It probably actually did ha- cause the modules to fall out. What makes you say that? Why, why else would they change the way it attaches? Well, they came up with a better thing. Like it didn't, I, I believe them when they say it didn't fail the drop test, but they are working on something okay. that is better than the current solution. Whatever Wait. better means for whatever reason. But you know what I like though? You know why I think it is a joke? They why? didn't delete the tweet. I'm, I'm looking at their Twitter account right, right. now. No, why would they? I don't think. No, but because if if it was actually like, oh, we don't want to seem. I, I think it's very transparent that they left it up, and so I think like the the latest tweet they did was uh, one day ago. Failed hashtag failed the drop test was a joke. Didn't fail. We've been configuring a new solution. Uh, it's better too. Um, I, I think that. They just, they went a little crazy on Twitter. They went, they said some stuff that obviously <laughs> news sites took as fact and, uh, and it wasn't yeah. necessarily fact. I well, just because think it's funny. a lot of the sites were calling them out being like, well, why wouldn't that be the first thing you try when you <laughs> suggest or have this prototype was see if they yeah. stay in. 
But I guess, yeah. yeah, on that end, it's like, that's just sound, sounded so ridiculous that it failed a drop test this far into the project. Yeah. That now all of a sudden I have to change it. I'm like, that sounds kind of stupid. Like, who do they have working on that? But See, by that logic, I mean, I don't want to get into this whole diversion about smartphones and drop tests. Um, but the new Samsung Galaxy and Note came out and then Edge. They seem yeah. to be going pretty hard on the Edge stuff now. Yeah. Um, they now, Samsung has followed Apple's suit. They got rid of the SD card slot. They got rid of the removable battery. They've taken all these steps. I know that a few years ago when Samsung phones did have the sort of the the back panel that just came off, if you dropped your smartphone, the battery would come out more often than it would not. The panel would just pop off and the battery would go flying. Is it so, not like every phone though that has a back panel? That's what I mean. So yeah. it's it, it is a problem that is not necessarily 100% solved yet. And so I think that I I trust the the guys at Alphabet now, the guys at Project Ara to do this, to do it properly, yeah. to actually come up with a solution that will cause yeah. these modules to stay on because otherwise this phone is kind of a waste of time. If you drop it, the whole thing just explodes into a million pieces. <laughs> My RAM! <laughs> Iron Man 3 all over again. <laughs> um, yeah, so one of the solutions or suggestions, I guess, that I'd seen someone recommend on one of these blog comment threads was having a back panel that held in the modules. That yeah. would still obviously be transparent and even contour to fit kind of around the modules if needed. Yeah. Now, Rob, you're saying that you wouldn't like that. I I wouldn't. I don't think. Mainly because I if I'm gonna have a modular phone, I want everyone to see and be able to actually tell that it's modular. Like I it seems it just seems like a cop out to have to put a case over it. Like the the best people there are, there are people who make custom computers with cases and the ideal situation where you have sort of a compromise is enclosing your entire computer case but there are people who are computer aficionados that when they have their when they build their custom computer they just have it out exposed yeah. to the world because they, they want to show it off yeah, yeah. and so that's that's the kind of thing I, yeah. if i was going to have a modular smartphone i would want to do that right. And so having the, even if it was clear, that would help, but I would still be like, ah, oh, but then if I want to switch a mod, like this is the first world, the is the first world problems, but I'd want to be like, ah, <laughs> oh, now I have to take off this clear case and I have to slide the thing out and I have to slide the other thing in and I have to put the clear case back on. Like A, that sounds, in terms, as, as far as really advanced technology goes, that sounds terrible, but it's... It, it's the future. Like it's, it's what, if we want to have a modular smartphone, you want to have it just be beautiful. No case. I don't like cases on my phones. And I, if I had a modular smartphone, I still wouldn't want to put a case on it. If I had to, and there was no other option, I would. But, uh, for the time being, I would prefer to have no case. And I'd prefer that modules just stay in unless you want them out. And that's what it sounds like. They're, they're, able to do as well as that works who knows yet yeah. but uh yeah that'd be cool to have that's the that's the thing that i'm most looking forward to i'd say yeah so so to summarize current 
status of Project Ara is still piloting, but they don't know where or when, and it'll have a different attachment method than the permanent electric magnets yeah. that they originally going with. Yeah. Um, I don't think we had any other alphabet stuff. No. Um, I did want to briefly talk. Do, do you want to talk about the Google router? I really have nothing to say about it. Google I, released a router. Yeah, I thought it was cool. What Did you want to mention it or... It's it's cool. I mean, I have I'm I'm the person that would own a two hundred yeah. or two hundred and something dollar. I thought of uh, you when router. I read this this story. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea of a smart router, but a router is the kind of thing that when it works, you don't think about it. It's you only know when you have a terrible router. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just like, oh yeah, my router works. And so, two or three years ago. Uh, when I was working at Canada Computers, I bought this router. It was originally $200. I bought a refurbished one. Because I worked there, I didn't have any concerns about it. the refurbished one failing. I could have just swapped it out. Um, I bought it because it was top of the line at the time. It had a bunch of antennas. It was nice looking. It was fast. It supported all the fastest uh, networking at the time. It d- doesn't support AC, which is the newest one. But uh, it does like it has five gigahertz. It has the dual band stuff. It was like five years ago, so yeah. <laughs> so uh, I mean, I, I'm not faulting them for not having AC. But <laughs> if I was going to buy a new router, it would cost me another two hundred dollars. And yeah. but this one, basically, it's I've been using it for two or three years now. And if I have to reset it every three months, and it's basically it's literally just going into the wireless app that it comes with, hitting reboot router and waiting a couple minutes and it's back online and everything works perfectly. I don't have to, I, I haven't really had to touch it in years. So this isn't necessarily for me. If I was buying a new router, I would spend a lot of time convincing Julia that you don't want to get a $30 router. And the kind of thing, that the, what you get with an ex- more expensive router is the peace of mind that you can just plug it in and leave it and never have to touch it again. Yeah. And it sounds like this is more, this Google router on hub, I guess it's called, is trying to be smarter. It's trying to optimize everything to do with your network traffic in every single way, which is great. But it sounds for my needs like more trouble than it's worth, probably. I think it's it's the kind of thing that if you need it, it's awesome and it will yeah. help you. But yeah, if if you're just your everyday consumer you're probably not going to have a ton of use for it right but if, if you're a family of five on you know a three level you know giant house with a bunch of electric device electronic devices that all interfere with each other because there's five people in the house using stuff then it might be useful might if you yeah. you know it's a daily struggle to get good signal but yeah i think for the average person it's a little bit overkill, but I just thought the idea of it, because it's obviously a multi-band router that scans and optimizes for the best frequency to broadcast at. And then I guess you can also prioritize devices for bandwidth and signal strength to, so that, you know, the example I guess is if you have a bunch of people over on, you know, a weekend or a weekend to watch a movie on Netflix you can prioritize, you know, your Chromecast or whatever mm. to get the best signal so that, 
you know, you don't have issues having playback kind of thing. Right. Which, I don't know, I, I like that idea, but yeah, for, for the price that it is, because I don't remember if it had a price. 200 in the U.S., so probably yeah. a little more So that's Canada. like 300 Canada at this point, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that much, but pretty close. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Um, so yeah, I'd say, yeah, a little bit overkill, but I guess it's Google and it's geek cred and it's fancy. So yeah, the, the thing that I like the most, and this is the thing that other manufacturers are kind of starting to get on board with is the mobile app thing where you can connect via an app mm-hmm. instead of going to whatever it is, one, nine, two dot one, six, one and configuring it. Yeah. Um, you can just go into the app. That's that's nice. That would be the one reason that I would get it. But as I said, mine already has that, so yeah. there's not a huge amount of reason for me to do it. But, yeah, yeah. And we just have the Telus router that they gave us, and that's what we use. And we could probably use a better router because yeah. um, I know with that one you can just set it up to act as a modem and connect yeah. to a secondary router. Which I don't know. At some point we might because we do get spotty signal upstairs sometimes, but. That's usually only for watching or smart TV, and usually it's fine. Like it's it's yeah. mainly the Chromecast. If you're using it upstairs, it will drop in and out of signal sometimes. But recently, it's actually been okay. So hmm. okay, I know I can't remember if I did. Oh, I think I did like a disc or a follow up note at the end of my was it my Mi Band post about the Chromecast? <laughs> I can't remember. I yeah. mentioned somewhere about my follow up Chromecast post, but right. that it kept dropping in and out. But it's actually worked the last couple times I used it. So. Good. Maybe had a hardware update that kind of, <laughs> yeah. it has updated a couple of times. Every time I boot it, it usually has an update to download. So it might've fixed something within it to kind of keep the signal a bit better and stop it from logging itself out all the time. Right. So, yeah, I had, uh, I listened to a podcast called the accidental, accidental tech podcast. It's a fairly popular technology one. And, uh, they were talking this week about, <laughs> about modems and about routers and how one of the hosts, John Syracuse had, uh, a very old modem that he had to go and troubleshoot and he was one of the guys and I, I did the same thing where I got this modem from he got it from Verizon I got it from Rogers but I immediately turned off the mo- the router functionality turned made it just a modem plugged my router into it and have not had to touch either when we upgraded our internet plan uh, when would it have been I guess in the spring we updated the speed so I had to go and pick up a new modem I basically hit hard reset on the modem that we had, unplugged it, took it in, swapped it, uh, plugged the new one in, immediately turned it into a modem, and then plugged the router into it. Like I just don't want to have to deal with that. It, it's just not worth it to me yeah. to have to deal with a rented modem or right. a rented router, I guess. The rented modem, I mean, that's just a necessity. That's just what you do. Yeah. But I don't want to have to deal with the networking of whatever Rogers thinks is best for the average consumer. I, I like having my dual band. I like having my, um, my high speed networking. Obviously the, the plan we had signed up for is one fifty megabits down one or 15 megabits up. And so I didn't want to have to deal with any limits that this router might've had. And I know my own. So that was, yeah. that's the only solution really. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, so I guess that's it for Google. We have a couple things. I don't know how much time do you have. We have a couple things that I, I'm okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, what well, what I'll talk about now. I saw some research come out in the UK uh, about smoking 
versus vaping. So for people who are not aware, smoking is bad for you. Um, I am of the opinion, and this is an opinion and it is not necessarily scientific fact, but I think it'd be pretty easy to back up that uh, e-cigarettes still have issues with health concerns. Um, I'm not the, the, the headline but Rob, is it's vapor. It's not smoke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, so what this, what this, uh, I guess it's public health England that are saying this. There's, they came up with this big study saying e-cigarettes are safer than smoking. And they, they said 95% safer. I have no idea what that <laughs> statistic means. That sounds like a completely meaningless phrase. If something's 95% safer. Also, we're talking about it being 95% safer than something that has killed millions of people in the last hundred years, uh, from cancer. So if it only kills hundreds of thousands of people, I guess that's, technically better but it's still not great um i just i just don't know why people think i guess it's probably mostly smokers that think that e-cigarettes are better than smoking because they're like look now i'm not blowing smoke in your face i'm just blowing terrible smelling probably fairly unhealthy vapor at your face like if someone is is using a vaporizer or an e-cigarette on a bus, which happens in Ottawa from time to time, you are well aware of it because it smells like a cigarette. <laughs> like it, it's yeah. not better. It's just less visible. <laughs> I don't know. Have you had any, any run-ins with these cigarettes? Yeah. People will, people will just, yeah. People, I had one guy. Yeah. One guy smoked it at a bar. We were sitting all at a table and he just started e-cigaretting. I'm like, sure, go ahead. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for asking. For asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I think he did. Actually, like, oh, I hope you guys don't mind. It's like, who's going to be actually, like, no, you cannot do that here. Like, Actually, I'm a small child, so yeah. please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, people, while they're waiting for the bus, they'll just be doing it at the bus stop. And it's like, I don't know, I just give myself as much distance from it as I can. Yeah. Yes. Not something I want to be next to, but I don't know. I guess it's one of those things that people are still trying to feel out, or businesses, I guess at least, are trying to feel out the limits to what they're willing to accept until laws themselves are modified to include yeah. e-cigarettes in their their reach. Um, and yeah, until more research is done on them, because yeah. I think that's the main thing right now is there hasn't been enough time for research to be done and published right. and peer reviewed and that kind of thing. So, you know, you mentioned about smokers feeling that it's better. And I don't know, I guess it's technically a lesser of two evils, <laughs> but that doesn't make it good. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be a buzzkill and be like, you know, no, it's still going to kill you. Like, I guess good for you, but you should try to quit both, I guess. But yeah. I don't know. If you're using, e apparently now people, People use it to like just smoke marijuana, these things, because they, they they sell like marijuana juice. Like I think it's called juice for it. Right. It has marijuana. Like you can make your own apparently, and just and you'd never know. Like I guess you'd smell it because yeah, it smells I, I don't like marijuana. But yeah, it's like that's strange. I I don't get the whole putting things into your lungs that aren't oxygen or inert gases in the atmosphere. <laughs> 
but uh, but that probably makes me weird because there are a lot of people. The thing the thing I don't like about this more than anything else is that this is causing like cigarette companies know that cigarettes are on the way out. They're on the decline. They're not making as much money as they did in the heyday when everyone was smoking and everyone was getting lung cancer. Um, so those companies, those cigarette companies, are getting on board completely with this and saying, "Hey, kids." smoking is bad for you you should vape instead and we'll make that the billion dollar industry that is bad for your health it's just it's just less bad it's not good yeah and so if you want to use this like my sister made a video uh, on natural update yeah. last year about how she was using an e-cigarette to try to stop smoking uh a that did not work <laughs> <laughs> and b she was saying like this is so much better and I just think that saying that something is better than something terrible, like something absolutely unequivocally terrible is not a compliment. It's not the compliment that people think it is. Like if you, if you were looking at, I'm going to make a terrible analogy here. If you're looking at things that are going on in sort of seedier parts of the world, places, places in the Middle East and Africa, there are terrible tragedies going on being like, well, at least it's not the Holocaust. Like that is not a good example. That is like, they're, they're both terrible things. You, did we just, did we just Godwin law this podcast? I did. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not proud of that, but, uh, it's, it's bad. And saying that taking the worst thing that you could ever do and saying my thing is better than this. It, that's not a compliment. That's not a positive thing. That's that's kind of making the opposite point that you want it to, in my yeah. opinion. Like you're, you're trying to you're trying to have it stand on the merit of not being something else versus merits of its own right benefits mm -hmm. because there are none, right? It, yeah, and in my experience, looking at people, do you call it smoking any cigarette? Like what Just inhaling any cigarette? I think you vape it. I don't. <laughs> I don't Sucking like it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, in my experience, if I was sitting beside somebody who was smoking, I would hate that. And if I was sitting next to somebody who was vaping, I would hate that just as much. It's I don't hate it less because it's not smoking. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fact of someone breathing yeah. something in that's bad for them and then exhaling it to everyone else, yeah. for everyone else to experience yeah. it too. See, and I feel like I should hate it less, but I, I don't. But then I feel bad for not hating it less. I'm like, should I feel okay with this? That that's that's kind of my thought. That's interesting. I don't right? I don't feel any of that. I have I hate it and I'm proud of hating it because it I, I, just I, I can buy that. It affects everyone yeah. around you. It's the it's the yeah. air equivalent, like the the breathing equivalent of someone on the bus playing music that is too loud for the headphones that they're wearing. And so you can hear if you can hear the music like that's annoying to everyone else around you. It's not necessarily harmful to your health. It's harmful to their health for sure, because it's damaging their hearing <laughs> pretty obviously. <laughs> you can hear it. Um, but like smoking or vaping, if you can taste that or smell it, those chemicals are getting into your body. And it took 20 or something years after smoking became very popular in the 20th century before people started getting cancer and dying from it in mass like that you yeah. if you look at the curve of smoking adoption and cancer uh lung cancer getting uh it lines up perfectly we haven't seen that data with e-cigarettes and i just think that even if it's not 
even if the curve is less steep, it's not, there's no way that inhaling things directly into your lungs as a means of getting into your bloodstream faster is a good idea. It just, I don't see how it could possibly be healthy for you. If you're administering medication, sure, but this is just purely for pleasure. If you wanted to use e-cigarettes as a way to administer medication quickly, that's great, but this is not medication. This is just a pleasure instrument, and I don't want any nanoparticulates in my lungs if I can avoid it, and doing it voluntarily just seems like a terrible idea. Rob, I think you're onto something. What what you need is need to just make like a Vicks juice and put it into e-cigarettes. <laughs> And you just, you know, take a couple puffs before bed and you're like set. Yeah. That's. I mean, maybe not. I'm thinking of, maybe I'm not thinking of the right thing. You're thinking of like a throat lozenge. No. And not, not like the vapor rub. I'm thinking of a vapor rub. Oh, (laughs) why do you want that in your lungs? (laughs) No, like Vicks vapor rub. Right. But isn't the, is the therapy in the lungs or is it? No, the therapy is when you breathe in the fumes to like relax your chest congestion. But if you're just inhaling okay. it directly into your chest, then that's uh, what you want. I haven't used Vaporub in a while. I assume no. the therapeutic nature was the fact that it is like on you, but it's the fact that it actually the smell goes into yeah. your lungs. Okay. Yeah. In that that's case, why it yes, smells the way it does. You'd, you'd need a lot lower concentration <laughs> in order to get the therapeutic effect. I think that if, if e-cigarettes lead to that kind of thing where medication is put into an cigarette dispenser i think we may have something but i just don't think this pleasure chemical thing is in any way safe long term yeah that's all i have to say um i'm gonna put a video or a link to i'm gonna put a link to that article but i'm also gonna put a link to uh, a video asap science did on smoking versus vaping just talking about the chemicals that are involved and the chemical byproducts that you don't think about are involved things like formaldehyde that uh that exist in both. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So is this, yeah. Cause I was, when you were talking about chemicals, I was thinking about a, what we just talked about with the, the cadmium lead thing that yeah. just because it has chemicals doesn't make it bad per se. Right. So you don't want to get into the chemophobia aspect, but no. also because, because that's, that's a big thing with vaccines is like, look at all the stuff that's in vaccines. That's horrible for you. Like yeah. you don't, you don't want to base fear or opposition against something because there's chemicals in it. Right. It's and specific chemicals in specific concentrations that are the problem. Yes. And where they're going. Yeah. Is the other thing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. If they're in your lungs, that's pretty much bad, no matter how you slice it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we don't have a ton of time. Maybe we should just do your last story here about SETI. Yeah, I, th- I think this is kind of a cool thing. And again, this is one of those unexpected news items that it was kind of announced. And it didn't really make news mainstream. Like when something pops up in my Facebook feed, then I know it's like, wow, this hit the mainstream. This mm-hmm. one I didn't see pop up like that the same way that, you know, the Google thing did. Um but this, there was a donation by, uh, I don't have the name right in front of me, but some billionaire to SETI, the, uh, what does even SETI stand for? Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Yeah. Um, there's a $100 million donation to them to 
commit more time to scanning the skies for signals from Mm -hmm. extraterrestrial life um, or just extraterrestrial sources, I should say, whether it's life or not. Well, you wouldn't know until you kind of decoded any signal. But the basis behind SETI scanning is it targets specific parts of the sky and just basically listens and tries to kind of filter out noise and run algorithms to detect if there's any sort of signal in amongst the noise. Um, and they'll usually tune it to listen for uh, signals at certain frequencies that, you know, the frequency of, uh, was it hydrogen? The frequency, is there, there's something about the frequency of hydrogen resonance, is it? Or I, I can't remember it's the possible. exact thing. What's that? It's possible that's what they use. Yeah. But basically yeah. because it's like such a common element that they figure that if there is extraterrestrial life trying to communicate they broadcast at that frequency because it's a well-known and abundant element. Um, but, you know, basically they're listening and trying to make guesses as far as what to look for. Mm-hmm. And a big hurdle is just committing time because using the equipment is expensive because there's other scientists and stuff trying to use it and, and that kind of thing. Um, but now there's a huge donation that will allow them to listen for, instead of, you know, 24 to 36 hours on a telescope, they'll get you know, thousands of hours, yeah. which is, you know, you're multiplying your chances by 50 at that point. So, um, it's, yeah, you know, there isn't really anything more to it than just listening, but the more time you have to listen, the better chances of actually coming across something. So there, the, the, the people familiar with this project and the people at SETI obviously are considering this like a groundbreaking monumental thing that hasn't really made waves outside of the astrophysical or astronomical community, but it's really good to hear about uh, that this kind of research is being valued still. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it is purely a scientific endeavor. Like, whether or not there's extraterrestrial life doesn't really impact us too much on a, you know, kind of close time scale. It's more, you know, year, like, you know, thousands of years down the road, it might become yeah. more relevant. But, right you got to put the effort in now and yeah, the effort and the money specifically. Yeah. Just the world we live in. It, even if there were aliens, it doesn't really affect us imminently. And if it no. did, but, but if it did, we would want to know. Yeah. Um, by the way, the, the guys from Russia and his name is Yuri Milner, yeah. the, the billionaire, as they say. So hundred million dollars may not be much, but if you only have $1 billion, a million, hundred million is quite a bit. It's tax deductible or tax write off, though. So <laughs> that's true. That's it. A massive tax write off. <laughs> uh, that's more of a tax write off than I may ever pay in taxes my entire life. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, um, but I think that's so it, it's very exciting. Yeah. I, this is like SETI projects are cool. We've talked about SETI many times in the past. We've talked about uh, their SETI at home project where you can donate unused computer time to the search to like crunching numbers. It's uh, it's all really cool. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up for the week. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to mention before we go? Uh, no, I think that's, that's pretty much it. We'll be back to our, our regular broadcast schedule and hopefully have Nick back. Soon. Hopefully at some point. Yeah. Be good to, to chat with him yeah. a little bit before the election, get his thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> hear a bit more about the agenda. 
All right. Uh, so we'll wrap up this week. Thanks again for, for listening to future chat. Um, I will mention one more time. If you head to teespring.com slash SOP five, uh, you can get your very own sons of Pluto t-shirt. Uh, it will look even better than the one I'm currently wearing and, uh, you'll be able to support their EP and, and their very, very bright musical futures. Uh, if you do want to head to, to audible.com slash or audibletrial.com slash unwind, you can get a free audiobook and a free 30 day trial. Um, but for the time being this week, I'm, I'm really wanting you to head to teespring.com slash SOP five, or just go to sons of uh, to check out their music and to see some videos and stuff. Uh, okay. We'll be back next week with more science and tech talk, and you can find past episodes of this show and plenty more at unwindmedia.com slash future chat. See you guys next time. Bye.